Tonight is the birthday of the Rebbe Marash. And uh, I want to just recap a maimer of the Rebbe Marash that's related to Pashas Kedoshim. Even though he said the maimer on Sukkis, Tofresh Memalev. But it's related to the concept of Kedushim. Kedushim Tiyu. Um, we know the base of Mikdash, which is the place where we created Kedusha, where Hashem chose to bring His Kedusha down into the world, is referred to and compared to two different animals. An Aryeh, a lion, Yecheskel Anavi, refers to Ariel, the lion of God. The base of Mikdash is called the lion of Hashem. And Chazal tell us that even physically, the shape of the Beis Amikdash is like the shape of a body of a lion. A lion is larger towards the front of the body and narrows its shape, its figure, towards the back. And the same thing, the Beis Amikdash, if you look at the front of the Beis Amikdash, where the Ulam was, it was wider in the front and narrower in the back towards the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So it's compared to a lion but it's also compared to a wolf. Binyamin Ze'ev Yitreif. When Yaakov Avinu spoke to, uh, to Binyamin, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Binyamin about Binyamin before his passing, Binyamin is like a wolf that will uh, tear his prey. It's Yaakov Avinu. He will tear his prey. And Chazal tell us it's referring to the Beis Hamikdash that um, Binyamin will be fortunate that the Beis Amikdash will be in his portion of the land of Israel. Now Binyamin and Yehuda were neighbors next to each other, and Yehuda's portion bordered on Binyamin right in the middle of Yerushalayim, and a tiny sliver of the Beis Amikdash actually encroached uh, into the uh, territory of Yehuda. So the bulk of the Beis Amikdash was in Binyamin's territory. A tiny piece of that Beis Amikdash, of the Beis Amikdash location, was also inside, uh, infiltrated the, the territory of Yehuda. Now the Reb Marash discusses the meaning of these two animals and how these two animals uh, communicate and teach us the unique uh, function and role of the Beis Amikdash and of course, the Beis Hamikdash, how it is represented in our personal lives, and what that means in our personal lives. So, the Reb Marash gives this fascinating analysis of these two animals. And first, he talks about the wolf. The wolf, you know, Binyamin is the tzaddik. Uh, Binyamin is one of the four people that never uh, committed a sin, as Chazal tells us. He's the most innocent, one of the most innocent people in history, free of sin, a tzaddik, a righteous man. Yehuda is um, the lion, the Indian of tshuva. Yehuda um, did tshuva for what he did, the story with Tamar, the story with Yosef. Um, David the Melech came from Yehuda. Hekim Oila Shel Tshuva. David the Melech is the credited with the one who established the, the power of tshuva for us. So the end of tshuva is associated with Yehuda. And the lion, which is Yehuda, is the roar of the lion, is the, the roar of tshuva. The Baal tshuva cries. He has this raging roar 
because of the distance that was created between him and Hashem. So that creates that sensational cry, which is typical for the lion. And the tzaddik is the wolf. Now, why is the wolf teirev? Teirev means he, he tears his prey. What is the metaphor here? So now the Reb Marash explains there are animals that um, that eat food, natural vegetation, grass, like a cow eats grass. When a cow eats grass, the grass doesn't move. It stays where it is. And uh, the cow just goes over to the grass and eats it. That means the grass is as if the grass is waiting and is predestined to serve as the food for the bulls and the cows and whatever animals eat vegetation. This is a na- there is a natural connection, a relationship between the animal and its source of food. The source of food is waiting, ready, and it's not running anywhere. The cow doesn't have to make any extra ordinary effort to reach the food. It's sitting there and waiting. All the cow has to do is go out into the field and eat. Nobody presents any challenges to the cow to bend down and eat that food. The grass doesn't resist it. It just sits there and waits. As if this, as if it's, this is what its designation was. But when an animal eats prey and is a predatory animal, such an animal um, doesn't have an easy time because it's trying to derive its source of nutrition from another animal who also has a, a will to live. You know, it's the survival instinct that exists in all animals that presents a challenge to the predatory animal because when you want to when this this animal wants to eat another animal the other animal will run away it doesn't just stand there still waiting please come and eat me i'm here for you i was created so that you can eat me of course that doesn't happen the animal runs it runs for its life and the predatory animal needs to exert extraordinary effort take risks stay in ambush and plan and scheme all kinds of ways by which it was would be able to trap and overcome the resistance and the challenges that the other animal, that is the prey, uh, presents to it. He says that's a muscle for the base of Migdash. There's an ave. The wolf is Yitroif. That means he tears his prey. That it's a metaphor for the kind of Kedusha. What happens when a Jew does a mitzvah? I mean, the world has, you know, has divine energy in it. It's alive. It's it's uh, growing and it's moving. It's we see energy, life, uh, everywhere we turn. But to bring a kedusha that's higher and above the world, something of of a higher nature, something transcendent. That's what yitroif means. When a Jew does a mitzvah. He connects the mundane world to a level of godly energy that is above the limitations of the world. And we feel a sense of elation, transcendent. We're transposed to something much higher than, than, uh, than, than we are. That's Kedusha, holiness. And that's Yitroif, because it's taking something which is not natural to the world. The world by nature is limited by... The life force that's given to it and that shapes it and molds it what it is. 
but to connect the world with the Kedusha, with a level of divine uh, holiness and energy that transcends the boundaries uh, that shape and mold creation, that's something that's not natural. It's, it's, a, it's something that's infinitely, infinitely connecting ourselves with a world that's infinitely greater than us. That's not natural. So that's called Yitoif, because Hashem says through a mitzvah you can see something which is not natural and be toirif and and grab it and 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 bring it down into into your life. And he says that's where you find by Shabbos, Chazal tell us that a Jew is commanded to add a few moments before Shabbos and a few moments after Shabbos. That means transform some of the mundane secular time of the of the week a friday and convert it to shabbos to the holiness of shabbos that's why we add a few minutes before shabbos and we take some moments of friday and make it also shabbos same thing at the end of shabbos we add a few moments after shabbos and that's called in the medrash it's like shabbat is toirif it's like an animal like a wolf that tears its prey it it's a predator it it preys on its prey and seizes it right with great force and with great effort doing something extraordinary in order to be able to successfully um, trap its prey in the same thing shabbos is preying on unholy time and trying to add it and annex it to the kedusha of shabbos because it's the same idea. The Kedush of Shabbat is a holiness that descends upon the world that is from a, of a transcendent nature that's above creation. It's infinite. It's divine holiness. Now, that's the wolf. The wolf is the tzaddik who does mitzvahs and constantly um, tears his prey. He's able to bring higher levels of Kedush into the world through his Aveda, through his devotion, through his commitment. But then there's the lion. The lion is the Balshuva. The Balshuva didn't do everything right. But he has a cry. Aryeh Yishag. The, the lion roars. The roar of Tshuva. The roar of Tshuva is a whole different idea whole different phenomenon the roar of the lion brings a kedusha a godly energy into the world that is so powerful it's more powerful than mitzvahs of the tzaddik and that's why it can transform even evil material like sins itself as it says in Chazal when the person does tshuva from the depth of his neshama he transforms the evil past into something holy as well that's a powerful accomplishment something that completely defies completely defies logic and completely defies any measure of sensibility that you take something which is outright negative and that becomes holy it can only happen when 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 god himself hashem's essence which is not limited by good and evil gets involved and is engaged in the process of transformation of the lowliest of lowliest in creation, the evil and the sins that were performed by the sinner, but now is engaged in a process of tshuva, the roar of the lion. The, uh, in the Beis Amigdash had both. The Beis Amigdash was compared to a lion and to and to a wolf because it's the avoid of the tzaddik and the avoid of the bal tshuva that bring 
different levels of Kedusha into the world. The Rebbe adds in a Maimer, in the Parshish Kedusha Maimer that I mentioned in the previous post, a fascinating thing. The bulk of the Beis HaMikdash was in the territory of Binyamin because the Tzaddik is ultimately the one who brings the godliness into the world in a way where it resonates with the world. Because the Tzaddik is someone whose whole life has been directed towards Hashem. It's a, it led a pure life, a Kedusha Dika life. So the Tzaddik is a vehicle, a vessel to be able to appreciate and allow that holiness, that godliness to permeate his sensibilities because his sensibilities are pure and sacred. And therefore, the, 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 when Hashem says, I want to be some Mikdash, to make a dwelling place for me, a dwelling place means that the dwelling place itself becomes purified. It's so pure that the, the godliness that is brought in there resonates with it. That's only the tzaddik does that, because the tzaddik has that uh, purity, that pureness, that holiness in him that the Kedusha that's brought down resonates with the Tzaddik. And that's Dira Betachtonim. That's why the bulk of the Shem Binyamin. The Baal brings a higher Kedusha, a higher light. But nevertheless, that light does not permeate the inner sensibilities of the Baal Tshuva. is moved by it, but in a more superficial way. It doesn't seep into the inner identity of the Baal where he permanently is transformed into a godly being, which is why a Baal has to be very careful and watch himself, because he can fall back. The Tzaddik, the Kedusha and the godliness is assimilated with him. He's become one with that Kedusha. So there's no, little danger for the Tzaddik to fall back into it, to fall into, into a pattern of evil. The Rebbe Marash adds a fascinating thing. There's a Mishneh in Pirk in, in Chulin. That if an animal strikes, like a, a predatory animal, strikes a kosher animal and, and wants to um, kill it, so he sticks his claws into the body of the prey to kill it and to poison it, and uh, but then let's say the animal, the predator animal, has been chased away. So the animal, the prey, is still alive. But we have a question: Is that prey injured to such a degree that it becomes a trefer? A trefer means an animal that's so injured suffers such a injury that it's fatal. That the animal could not live uh, more than 12 months based on this injury. And how can we know whether a, a prey that's been punctured through the claws of a predatory animal, whether, can we assume that the animal is still kosher or not? And the Mishnah says like this, when a wolf attacks prey, and then he's chased away, but he managed to get his claws through the, the skin and the body of his prey, um, it, if it is a smaller animal, like a sheep or a goat, then we should assume it's trafe. If the wolf tried to attack a larger animal, it's called in the Mishnah Gaso. Gaso means big, right? A big behemoth. Gas means also coarse, because a big animal is a coarse being, a coarse entity. Uh, so if the wolf attacks a large animal, 
the effect is minimal and it's not fatal and the animal is kosher. But if the wolf attacked dako, dako means refined, adol, but it also, which also means a smaller animal, which is more uh, frail and gentle. So when the wolf attacks him and he pierced with his claws through the skin of that animal, we should suspect that this animal um, suffered or is suffering from a fatal blow and a fatal injury as a result of this uh, attack, and it's trefer. But if a lion attacks, a lion can attack even a large animal and incapacitate it and make a trefer. That means the injuries that will that that it can inflict through sticking its claws into the large animal, the gaso can cause the gaso to become fatally um, injured, and it's a trefer. Says the Rebbe Marash, the spiritual meaning of this Mishnah is the lion is tshuva, the wolf is the tzaddik. The tzaddik can transform dako, edel, refined substance in the world. The tzaddik is always engaged in, in, in holy things. He's, he doesn't have any connection to the evil and unclean world. So he can transform. Uh, as the Rabban says, things that are benign. But the lion can also affect gaso, coarse materials. Tshuva has the power to take even something as despicable and base, as repulsive as aver, sins desires for the most despicable and depraved type of behavior and transform that into Kedusha. And this is the difference between the lion and the wolf and Binyamin and Yehuda. And this is why the Besamikdash was mostly in Binyamin's territory, but also partially in Yehuda. The power of Tshuva versus the power of Binyamin, as the Rebbe explains that both have a Mila. Tshuva touches off something much higher, and it's Kedusha Si, my Kedusha, the essence of Hashem, which can therefore can affect even evil. But the Baal himself is affected only on a superficial level because he's not a vessel for it. Whereas the Tzaddik, his Aved and his Kedusha and his light and his spirituality that he creates through his devotion is, is less intense than the Baal but whatever he does create and does bring down, it penetrates and assimilates with the tzaddik, so the tzaddik himself becomes a godly man. L'chaim.